everyone. Thank you for joining the Warm Up Show Audio, our podcast. As usual, let me know what you think of the episode. And if you need any help, make sure to contact me. Thank you and enjoy the show. Welcome back to day 27 of our January 2021 series. Our next guest was a French uh, academy player, uh, then went on scholarship to the United States and now is coaching in New York, um, has great experience over in, in Europe and then coming and playing Division One um, at St. Francis College. Division One program did very well. Um, so we'll hear all about that um, from him. We'll get him on now. Hi, how are you? I'm doing good. Thank you. Yeah, thank you yeah. for taking the time to, to chat. Of yeah, course. I can hear you. Can you hear me? Yeah, perfect. Thank you for taking the time. Are you uh, are you in New York right now? Yes, I'm in New York right now. I'm going to train actually right after this live around four o'clock. So yeah, that's great. And ever is everything open during the during the pandemic? Are you guys pretty much uh, still training? Yeah, so we obviously we we're training outdoors only. No no indoor soccer allowed right now. But uh, yeah, we. I mean, like like everybody else, we've been uh, doing what we can with this uh, pandemic, but uh, uh, hopefully it's not snowing right now. The fields are open, so we're trying to take the kids out as, as much as we can. So, uh, yeah, it, it's been pretty much, uh, I say, normal so far. No, not too much uh, interruption in terms of uh, of training, but for for the games, the leagues, uh, everything is cancelled. Yeah, yeah, but at least you can train, right? In the cold, exactly. I'm sure. I'm sure you're you're dressing very warm to be, to yeah, be outside. I, I think it's also very, very interesting for, for us. as um, So I'm coaching for the French Football Academy right now. And our goal is trying to bring this French philosophy, uh, French mythology of, of, of coaching and of playing. And uh, in Europe, you train outdoor all year round. Mm -hmm. Here in New York, when I first arrived, you told me, okay, from, from December to, uh, to March, we are indoor. And to me, I was like, no, the, the skis needs to be outdoor. You need to understand. Like, it's also fun to play outdoor. And to be called and I don't know, it, it's part of the game as well. It's an outdoor sport. So uh, it's the first year we're doing the full season, uh, the full winter season outdoor and I'm actually enjoying it. Yeah. And, and how are the kids uh, uh, coping with that being, being American? I mean, they're not used to that, I'm sure. So how are they coping with being outside? Yeah. I mean, the, the kids were fine. The kids are playing. Then the they're called, you know, exactly, exactly. Yeah. The fans yeah. are like, uh, should we cancel? Should we keep it on? So we try to, to keep it on as much as we can. And uh, I think it's maybe, I'm not going to say we're changing the culture, but uh, I think everybody is adapting and understanding that it's possible to, to be outside in the winter. Yeah, absolutely. So we'll get started with just a little bit around um, yourself growing up playing in France and then coming over to, to the States. Just tell us more about your, your, your football journey. Yeah. Okay. No problem. Thank you. Uh, first of all, thank you again for, for inviting me. So it's always ha uh, fun to, to talk football. So I'm really excited to be here. So uh, I started playing, of course, in France. I was born in France and uh, started playing in, in the north in a small village near Lille. Played for this small town for a year. And then after that, I was scouted to go play for Lille, who was at the, at the time in, uh, in the League One uh, already. So pro club. So I started to right away to... Uh, to, to, you know, see a, a different type of football than for my little village. Instead, even if he was only eight or nine years old, he was already very uh, strict and very, uh, uh, you, could, you could tell he was the next level. And uh, I played there for five years. 
then went, went to uh, Valenciennes, which is uh, a club that was in the League 2 at the time, and then went on to League 1 when I was there. So another pro club. And uh, at 16 years old, I signed uh, what we call an aspiring professional contract with them, uh, up to 18 years old. Um, didn't go through with it. At 18 years old, they decided to release me instead of making me sign a professional contract. So it was first, uh, first a set setback. Went to another club in the north that was playing in a League Two called Boulogne-sur-Mer. Went there for a year, played with a reserve team. So throughout my whole youth, I played for um, for pro club without actually playing for the first team. And uh, I just decided to to do something new, and uh, I came to to America. Um, I had the chance to to receive a full scholarship to play for St. Francis College, a Division One school here in New York. We did pretty well. We won two championships and um, really had a blast. Really, really loved every single year, every single uh, training and games that we had. Still very different from friends, but uh, I managed to, to enjoy uh, a different different culture of football. And uh, and after that, I had a couple of tryouts to play in USL and uh, just felt like it wasn't right for me anymore to play. I was 22 years old and I started, started coaching. Starting coaching for San Francisco College as, as uh, the second assistant coach. And after that, for two years, and after that, um, I coached for PhD Academy. So Paris Saint-Germain, the club from France, had an academy here in New York. Uh, coached for them for two years, and now this club became the French Football Academy, where we are partnering with the French Federation, like I said in the beginning, to, um, to try to bring the French methods and the French philosophy of, of football here. And, uh, and last year, I decided to um, uh, become certified into mental training for, for young athletes and started um, my company called CC Management, where I do consulting and private training with, uh, with young soccer players and also the warm-up show, which is uh, this platform I'm trying to raise the awareness on, uh, on the importance of the mental training and the mental aspect in, uh, in the beautiful game of football. Yeah, and I definitely wanted to talk about um, that side, the mental side, because I think it's it's not talked about enough and we need more people like you to speak about that. But one of my questions I wanted to ask you, coming over from Europe and, and playing and now living in North America, what do you find the differences are between a player from Europe and a player here in North America? Uh, so for, for the player itself, I think... Um... Now it's pretty much the same, I would say, because I, I, there's really there's a lot of talent here in America. I feel like uh, one thing that the USA has is this mentality of always working harder than everybody else on their own. And you can tell that the kids are not technically, I would say there's, there's not that much difference from, uh, I would say, uh, a 15-year-old player coming from a pro club in France or in Europe and coming to America. But the difference will be uh, tactically, I think, and also maybe mentally, where um, well, the, the competitivity, the competitiveness in France, in Europe, is, is a little higher than here. Because here, you have a kid who can play basketball and football and baseball at the same time. In Europe, I would say 90% of the kids are playing uh, soccer. And, uh, and there's a lot more competition uh, in terms of level. And, uh, and obviously, the more you play against good teams and good players, you're going you're gonna, to uh, progress even faster. So I think technically it's pretty much the same, but the lack of competition would say uh, make a little bit of a difference at, uh, when, when a player comes from, uh, from America. And um, I, I would say here in America, physically, it's also um, 
I would say tactically, first of all, it's also still um, not as patient and uh, we, we like to go forward all the time and play a kick and rush and keep on going. Where in Europe, you're gonna, the, one thing they teach you is the ball is precious and you're gonna need to get able to keep the ball before attacking. And I think that was one of the main difference when I first arrived is like, guys, let's, let's keep the ball a bit, move left, right, forward. Let, let's try to move that defense. And then when we see the opposition, we go. Here's like, you take a chance and you come back, you take a chance and you come back. So that was the, the, the biggest difference for me. Um, but like I said, if you look at a player right now, I, I would say that technically it's, it's pretty much the same. Yeah, no, that's that's great. And, uh, you know, just keeping the ball, keeping possession. I think the game here is changing, but with, with people like yourself and the European influence come, I think it'll it'll only get bigger. I, I wanted it. Yeah. Sorry, I wanted no, it to, yeah, I, I just wanted to bounce on this. I was just, I'm, I'm, I'm seeing it that it's changing a lot. Like uh, there's different academies. Like here we have uh, Juventus Academy as well this year. I know Ajax came a couple of times in New York to do camps. So it, it was like this five, six, I mean, eight years ago when I came to America. But now I, I truly feel like it's, it's, it's changing and the, the level uh, overall in America is, is, is getting a lot stronger. Yeah. Yeah. And you see people like McKinney now playing with Juventus, lots of uh, American born players playing on, on top teams. So I think yeah. that's. That will keep increasing and, and make the sport even better here and maybe more popular in America for sure. 100%. I wanted to talk about um, you with St. Francis College um, and going through getting recruited and going on a scholarship. Um, I wanted to talk around any advice from when you were looking at schools and coming over to America. Any advice for players who are going through the, the recruiting process or looking to get a scholarship? Yeah, uh, it's definitely. It's definitely um... A tough process because you have to to see from uh, from over there and i mean i had no idea what i knew what college soccer was but i had no idea like which school was good which school was not good so uh, at this point i was just trusting the agent I, who who put me onto this still doing my research but um yeah i think you, you really if you can the most important is to try to get in touch with the coach and really feel it. And uh, I, I just had a couple of conversations with my coach, Tom Giovato, when I was back in France before coming in. And I mean, he told me already, so St. Francis College is, is a little bit particular because you have a lot of European and a lot of South, Ameri South American. So it's kind of like this international school in the heart of New York. I had a couple of, of offers to go, but to me, this was just so appealing to me to live in New York and to be among other internationals. We could try to, to develop a, a different ki uh, kind of, uh, of football compared to the other American colleges. So my advice would really be to try to get in touch with, with the coaches and do, do your research on, uh, on the school by itself and know what you want. I wanted to, be, to come to New York mainly, but if you really want to focus only on football and you also like great off, um, like outside these big cities, you can go into campuses. And I didn't know how good the campus were in America. Like it's actually like a little town and, I think it's, it's just research and really what you want. Mm -hmm. No, that's, that's great. And uh, we, we have a player on the woman's side going there next year. And, you know, that was one of her things that she wanted to be in a big city and, and kind of be, you know, in, in kind of that everyday life. And I mean, you're so close to so mm -hmm. many things because it's, it's right in, in the heart of everything, right? Uh, St. Yeah. Francis where it's set up. It's, it's in Brooklyn. So that's the, the difference between every other colleges. We actually don't have a campus by itself. It's just one big building. 
but you also have New York City right there. We play we play on uh, on Pier Five. It's uh, it's one of the now one of the most iconic uh, soccer field I would say because you always see it on Instagram and it's uh, this field this field that literally on the water under the the Brooklyn Bridge. So just this kind of one makes you come play for them because it's it's just uh, it's very it's very special. You have New York as your background and uh, it's a great school with a great coaches and. I mean, I truly still recommend it to go now. And if I would, have, if I would look back and had a choice, I, I would definitely go back there. It just gave me so much, um, especially if you feel like you want to play four years and you might not want to play pro after that. Well, you have New York City right there, so all the opportunities would get uh, right in front of you. Yeah, no, absolutely. That's great, great advice and a great program. And obviously a great time, especially going and winning two conferences. I yeah. wanted to talk around the, the mental side and what you're doing for athletes now and how the athletes watching this uh, can connect with you and start to work on that mindset piece. Because I don't think a lot of people are, are in that industry yet. And I think that part of football is starting to become bigger and more people are speaking about the mental side of football. Yeah, exactly. So thank you for asking because this, this is my fight every day now. Uh, like I said at the beginning, um, I really take this personally because um, I explained when I was 16 years old and I was playing for Valenciennes, I signed this contract. And when you sign a contract like this, it's because the club sees you as a player with the potential to be pro after that. So the goal is from 16 to 18, you have this contract. 18 years old, you sign your first professional contract. And so I, I was on my way to do what I thought I wanted, except that those two years were actually the worst years of my life in terms of football, I was just not ready to cope with it, even if it's not even that big. But I know that mentally I wasn't strong enough. And I've talked about mental strength, but there's so much that goes into it. It's not just being strong and being able to just be focused on one goal. There's so much your motivation, your confidence, the way you set your goals, if you're self-aware or not. Um, there's, there's just so much that goes into it. And at the time, I just wish I had somebody to talk to about all that. And I had no one. So I'm not saying if I had somebody, I would have been uh, playing for the French national team now, but I definitely would have been able to maybe exploit a little more of, uh, of what I've learned before and, from, uh, and the potential, uh, I would say. So my goal now is really to try to help um, young players, making sure they're not failing because of their mental. You know, I feel like uh, there's enough good coaches out there to teach you everything you need technically, tactically, and physically. But mentally, most of the work has to come on your own and from what you experience. And unfortunately, sometimes you still need to be um, talking to somebody. And as a coach, you don't have the time to listen to all your players. And that's what, that's what I'm doing. Um, I'm working, so the, the company I created called CC Management, we have different programs. We can either book an hourly session and just talk about one of the mental aspects that you feel like you need to talk to. Or you can do a 12-month program where we work with you uh, for the full year. We work on every aspect of the mental preparation. So I, I just said a few, but you also have the, the three-game routine. Um, I said the confidence already, but you have those 10 tools that you need to be able to, to master in order to be uh, performing at all times. So again, it doesn't mean that because you do this, you're going to be performing every single match, but you give yourself the tools and you give yourself, you put yourself in the best condition at least. And, uh, and the other thing is it's, it's a 24-7 communication. So like I said, 
the coach cannot listen to you all the time, but sometimes as a player, you just need to express something and you don't understand why you're not playing over this guy. You don't understand why he doesn't allow you to take the penalty kicks. I don't know, just ideas. And, uh, and you feel like you want to talk to somebody and that's, where, that's what we do. We, we're here to listen to the player and give him uh, a constructive feedback on, on what to do and how to approach uh, this problem. And, um, and, and the way I'm, I'm trying to raise this awareness, like I said, on the warm-up show, that you can find, uh, I'm actually uh, doing this from, uh, from the Warm Show account. Just trying to raise awareness on, on the importance of it. Uh, I still feel like everybody knows, everybody knows it's super important. We all say, yeah, you can't do it if you don't have a good mentor. But what do we do to help young players? Not that much. They, they kind of have to figure it on their own. And, uh, and that's what I want to change. Yeah, absolutely. And I think, you know, as you were speaking, I was reflecting back on my journey as a player and, you know, being cut at such a young age from the the province team, the provincial team, Mm -hmm. I think really affected me. And there wasn't, no one was talking about this and no one was speaking about uh, this part of of football. And I think it's it's big. So um, I'm glad you're doing this with athletes. I wanted to ask you, how young should an athlete start working on this um, for football? How, how important is it to work on it as a young age? And is there an age where you think people should start focusing on the mental side? So, like I said, it comes a lot from, your, from what you experience as well. So there's a lot of self-reflection. At the same time, uh, you're going to talk to a 10-year-old about the pregame routines or about the, the, all the feelings that go into the motivation you might not obviously understand everything, but you can already uh, give him some uh, some clues. So, for example, I'm working with a, a young player uh, called Leo, uh, who's in England right now, and uh, I had to adapt kind of my speech to him because he's ten years old, uh, nine years old, uh, a really good player, a really good kid. Uh, so, I would say there's no age really to start working on, on it, but from my, from what I'm experiencing right now, because it's still the beginning, but I'm doing this with my 13-year-old team, my U13, and that's where I feel like they're responding really well because uh, they start to get an understanding of the game and of what it takes compared to the, the, the ambition as well because maybe not everybody needs it. If you just want to play to have fun, then you don't feel any pressure. You don't feel um, you, you're not sad when there's a little a minor setback or an injury. If you have ambition like my players because it's a pretty elite team, where some of them wants to go pro, some of them wants to play college. I think 13 years old is, is a good age to start giving them some of these ideas and try to work with them. So we go slowly. We take it uh, one tool at a time and try to work with all of them throughout the year. And I feel like they're answering really well. I'm also working with a, with a pro player, uh, with a couple of pro players. And um, it's, it's basically the same thing because... Every year that you're going to play in a, cl- in a club, you're going to be facing different challenges. You're going to have a coach who's going to make you play uh, more minutes than another one. You're going to have some teammates that will be more supportive than some others. So I would say, to answer your question, I would say 13 years old is a perfect age to start, but you can really go from uh, until you stop playing football until uh, the end of the career. And just to come back to what you said earlier, when you said you, back in the days, we didn't have any pl- anybody talking mental, I see the mental training as what the, the physical trainers are now. Now, every single club, every single academy, you have a physical trainer. He's going to make you do fitness. He's going to like everything set. 20 years ago, that was not the case. Mm-hmm. And I think that now is just the beginning of mental trainers and that 
in about 10, 15 years, there will be a mental coach in every single academy and in every single uh, uh, pro team because it's just mandatory. There's, there's so much that goes into it. And it can also be on a day-to-day -day where a player needs to talk. Like this is um, the case with Obama and we didn't play yesterday because he had some family issues. Players are humans. They have, they have everything like, uh, like you and I. And sometimes you have days where it's not working. You need somebody to talk to. Don't go to your head coach because you can't or because he's not available, go to that person. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, when I was working with, with TFC the, in the MLS in their academy, they had that for all their players, an option to go and, and do that. And they found it was really helpful. So, you know, I, 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 I agree with what you said. I think in the next 10 years is going to be someone in every club. And I hope players mm -hmm. have that outlet. And, and that's great to start working on that. At whatever age, but obviously you said, uh, you know, at the 13, they're more receptive. There's stuff that they could do before for sure, but I think that's a really, really good age to kind of start. And that's kind of when you start to become more serious about football and, and, and everything. I wanted to ask you, who inspired you to play football? How did you get into the sport? You know, that's the first thing I picked up at one year old. It was a soccer ball. Like, I mean, my dad was is always a, is a big fan of football, but never played at a high level or never really coached. But uh, it was just natural for me. And then, like I said, in, in Europe, it's pretty much the first sport that you try because everybody's playing. So I would say it was just in me. And uh, and that's why I'm doing this right now because I could not do anything else. I, I, I could work for for a corporate, I could, but I know I would not be happy. And uh, and um, I feel like it's just my calling to, to be on the field every day. Yeah, absolutely. And I wanted to ask you, when you were a, a young player, who was a, a, a professional player you looked up to? Was there anyone you really liked? Yeah, I'm going to go with Zidane. Zinedine Zidane. And uh, I, when we won the World Cup in 98, I was five years old. So I was a little bit young, but I still remember. And he just became this this god, I'm going to say, where every little kid just in France at, at this age just, uh, just sees him as, a, as an idol. And I think from what he represents on the field as well, just he's just a class player. Obviously, everybody remembered his last action on the football pitch when he had but Materazzi, but there's so much more to that. And it kind of hurts me that everybody remembers this, but to me, he's just the class and his first touch, the vision, and he never, yeah, Zidane to me will always be uh, my favorite player. Absolutely. Is there anyone now that you like um, that's playing? Because obviously he's, he's a coach now, but is there anyone now in, in the modern game that, that you like to watch? Um, or is there a couple people that you, that you really like to watch their style? Um, in terms of players individually, now I feel like I'm not really watching just players and I'm not really uh, uh, looking at one player in particular. Um, I'm an Arsenal fan, and I, I really like the new uh, Bukayo Saka, who I think is going to be a, an excellent player in a couple of years. Um, in terms of style of play, uh, it's difficult, very difficult question. Um, I would say I, I like players who are a little bit uh, unorthodox and players who are kind of different from every players we are forming now which are they're all physical and very quick. So I like all these creative midfielders who like Xavi, Iniesta, who are maybe not the typical player, but they bring so much to a team. So hmm, I don't see one player in head right now, but hopefully you get the idea of, of what I like there. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, that was my next question. What team do you support? And, 
You said you're an Arsenal fan. Is there any other team that if Arsenal's not on, you, you like to watch as well? I, honestly, now I'm watching a lot of football. Uh, I feel like I'm learning so much and trying to detach from the ball and trying to, to observe the tactic and, and the coaching style. Um, lately, I've been watching a lot of uh, Bayern Leverkusen, uh, like Dortmund as well. Mm, Barcelona, I always watch because I feel like they, they, they have their own philosophy and you can always pick up something as well. Um, in England, obviously, Arsenal. And you have to admire what Leeds is doing as well, even if it's not always working. But as long as... And that's why I think for a coach, it's super important is to have your idea of football. And hopefully, the directors give you more time to, to make it a, a, an actual culture of the club. But um, yeah, like Leeds, Man City, you have to admire what Pep uh, Guardiola is doing as well. Yeah, and, and you said that really good because you look at like Lampard at Chelsea, who they who they sacked, but they didn't kind of give him chance to kind of establish his vision. No. And I think I think in my opinion they got rid of him too early. But you know, uh, and even uh, Steven Gerrard said that they got rid of him too early because, like you said, it, it, I think on that level, if you're not no results, they let you go so quickly. So for me, I know Chelsea's having a rough season, but you don't get look at uh, you know your Arsenal friend with with Ranger there. He was there for forever, yeah. and they wanted him out. But then he started to have success. You just like you said, I, I like that. But in the modern football at the professional level, they don't give managers enough time. And this is this is a. Uh... I think it's also detrimental to use football, not because they're going to fire the coach as early, obviously. I mean, at least I hope not, but it's always uh, result-driven. Uh, mm -hmm. So, obviously, it's pro football and you have investors behind the club, so I understand the logic, I'm going to say, of it. But, come on, you, you're firing a coach uh, after 12 months, after you, you, you bring in for a project and you don't leave in more than two years to establish a team. You fire him after winning... Like to me, it doesn't make sense anymore. Same thing with Thomas Tuchel when uh, mm -hmm. PSG. I mean, you just six months earlier you brought them to the Champions League final where they've never been. You win the I cup. Know. You, I mean, and you bring somebody else. It's just, uh, it's just, it's just sad to see this, and uh, I don't know what can change it, but I just feel like now it's like you, you have one chance, just take it, and just know you might not be there for two, three years. It's, it's very rare to see like Ferguson or or uh, mm -hmm. Wenger, who stay at a club for 20 years, I don't think that's going to happen anytime soon. Yeah, absolutely. So hopefully it doesn't happen, but every, every day it seems like there's new managers and, and new clubs. So just got to keep up with their style yeah. and then, you know, see their style go, go in. I wanted to talk and I saw a couple of questions come in around going to be a professional player. So you probably get it a lot from players here in, in North America that want to go and, and try in, in Europe and try and make it as a professional player. What is your advice to players who want to go and play professionally? To, to go to Europe from America? Yeah, yeah. Well, first of all, you have to be... Um, it, it, it depends where, where you are right now in America, but I feel like the best way is to be very established here. So if, if you're playing for an academy, uh, like we saw West... Um, from the, was the guy from Juventus? McKinney, yeah. Yeah, McKinney. McKinney, yeah. Uh, playing for Dallas, I believe. And you have obviously more chance if, you, if you're playing in academy. If you're not, uh, you can go over there and do tryouts. But the mentality is why take an American if, if in, you have so many good players in Europe. So you really have to be the best that you can here in your country first, in your club. 
hopefully have uh, have uh, some kind of tryouts or a game or a tournament, and that's why you're just gonna have to take your chance. But it's those uh, Dest and Pulisic and all of these players. They've been known for a while. They were playing in youth national team for a while, so it's not just a one-time thing that just happened like that. It's uh, they've been working really hard to get there, and it's just it's just fair for them to be there. Is this going to happen every year for one or two or three of the American population? Yeah, which is not a lot. Um, but I, yeah, my advice is really try to focus on making it here before trying to think going to America and uh, to Europe, unless you're okay with playing in a D3, D4 uh, in, in a European country and you really want that, then that's your choice. It's also, a, it's, also a, um, it's also possible, but it's very, very difficult. And uh, then you're also adding a lot more into your mental training that we're talking because now you're going in a different country, different culture. So it's not only going there, it's also trying to stay there. Um, yeah, my advice is try, try to be the best you can be here because nowadays with Instagram and all these uh, social media platforms, if, if you are good enough, I mean, if you want exposure, you're going to have exposure. It's, it's there. The clubs know who is good in, in everywhere uh, in the world. So just, just keep the work in. And uh, if you have your chance, just take it. Yeah, absolutely. And I know, obviously, uh, I wanted to talk around resources for players podcasts or books that you really like that you've or movies that you've really inspired you to to coach obviously connecting with you and 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 your social media working with you on the mental side but is there any books or movies or or podcast players or coaches who are listening to this could go and learn from or something yeah. that you use and you're inspired by so uh in terms of podcasts first of all uh i think the high performance podcast i don't know i'm, I'm sure you know as well uh, this one is, is, is definitely the best that you can uh, if you want to talk about, first of all, learning from athletes who made it and uh, not only athletes, but learning on the, of the high performance. It's, it's excellent. I think this one is, is the best you can find. In terms of books, um, I've been reading the Cruyff book lately. I read uh, The Quiet Leadership from uh, Carlo Ancelotti. Those are good books. Um, it's difficult. Uh, what else? And then follow the warm-up show. That's why that's why you're gonna you're gonna get a lot of uh, advice as well. We have a podcast as well. Um, trying to put as much as I can. It's 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 time-consuming, but I like doing it, and I'm trying to give a lot of value. And uh, and then if you want to work with me personally, I'm, I'm I'm happy to take a call, take 20, 30 minutes to 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 uh, to talk about um, a player who need who needs something. So I'm always available as well. If you want to just DM me, there's no problem with that. Um, and in terms of movies, my favorite movie for football will always remain Goal. I don't know if you've mm-hmm. seen it with Santiago Muñez. Well, same story is going to to England to Newcastle to play. Uh, this one just makes you uh, makes you believe and makes you dream. And I think it's a great movie. And uh, yeah, that's, that's pretty much it. Absolutely. So we'll we'll end with that. I know you have training soon, so we'll we'll end with that. Um, I will uh, connect your your social medias to this to this posting so everybody could go in and learn from you. If there was any questions that arise and we didn't get to, uh, uh, all your information will be there, but thank you for taking the time. Um, I really do appreciate it and hearing your, your background and what you've done here is, is great. Hopefully uh, you could come up to Toronto when this is all over and, and do some, some coaching here. We would love to have you. 
and uh, hopefully you stay safe um, and enjoy the rest of your day. That's very nice of you. Thank you so much, Maria. I really had a blast talking uh, football yeah. with you. And uh, yeah, I mean, next time I'm in Canada, I'll definitely uh, hit you up. Thank you so much. All right. All right. Bye, everybody. Thank you.